Welcome to the Angelscapes podcast, where you're encouraged to uncover and develop a direct connection with your soul's power, wisdom, and spiritual intuition that is ready to blossom. We'll explore new ideas, compelling tips, and real steps to help you learn simple spiritual practices. We're a safe place to learn more about accessing your soul's power with education and spiritual wholeness that could bring more clarity to your life. Now here's your host, a practicing medium, Akashic Records practitioner, spirit artist, coach, and mentor, Dr. Reverend Nancy Smith. Can a spiritual practice or how can a spiritual practice benefit us in these modern times? And what does spirit and mediumship have to offer us? Hello, this is Angelscapes and I'm your host, Nancy Smith. And joining me in this episode is Sheila French, a UK medium. She's from the UK. That's why I call her a UK medium and teacher. And we'll discuss the benefits of having a spiritual practice in times like these, in these modern times. Uh, Mediumship and spirituality have been around since the beginning of humanity. Um, So this is nothing new, but we're using it maybe in a different way. I don't know. Have we outgrown the benefits of mediumship connections? So Sheila is an experienced trance and evidential medium from England and has had her own training center called Ursham Star in Folkestone, thank you, UK for (laughs) over 20 years. And she's had more than 35 years experience and has developed her own teaching methods from her own life experience and has continuously refined them over many, many years. Sheila has previously taught at the famous Arthur Finley College. And then she straightened them out and opened up her own college. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, through, uh, and, and also throughout Europe, um, Switzerland, all kinds of wonderful stories. So over the past, last four years, Sheila has been invited to work with seven different universities, including Harvard, to take part in an experiments and as a consultant for future work, looking at the neuroscience of the medium's mind. And I hope she could talk to us a little bit yeah. about that. This has included MRIs, ultrasounds, psychological challenges, and the extensive exchange of her working knowledge. So I'm going to not say anything more about Sheila and let her talk about herself. So (laughs) Sheila, welcome. It's so nice. Thank you very much. And and how exciting it is here to be sat with you in uh, in the USA uh, instead of us looking at Zoom across the ponds, you know. Uh, I have to tell you something wonderful has happened this week. I've discovered Nancy's got legs. I'd never seen her (laughs) legs before. (laughs) Eating all through COVID and everything with his little square heads, wondering, well, I hope she's, you know. (laughs) So uh, there are four legs under this desk, you know, which is quite quite something <laughs> it is wonderful yeah so. um do you know nancy uh we we thought of this title yesterday didn't we i had a day out in boston yesterday with uh, nancy and a fellow medium catherine glass and we this this idea just came to mind what we were going to call the evening and then i said to nancy tonight what was the idea behind it i'm not sure what the theme was behind it um But actually, as you touched on the scientific stuff, uh, we're talking the 21st century mediumship here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. are. Which is, I mean, I've been around for a long while, you know, more than 30 years. And mediumship's been around so much longer. And and it has to evolve. It it has to. We can't be doing the same things now that we were doing 100 years ago. And, And I think there's not enough attention paid to the fact that it 
it needs to and has evolved. Um, and, and I think um, it's also important to understand that the clients have evolved. You know, I don't know about you, Nancy, you said 20 years you've been doing this. But when I was giving sittings more than 20 years ago, your client was a little bit in awe. They were a little bit afraid of what well, was going to happen. Yeah, they were kind of impressed. How'd you do that? And, and can you read my mind and what's going on? And are they that way now? I don't think so. No. And, and I think when I began, even if you were a rubbish medium giving rubbish information, they wouldn't have dared say it. They might have said it afterwards, but they wouldn't have interrupted, Correct. stopped the sitting, yeah. uh, questioned your quality of evidence. Oh. Um, it was almost like it was something magical that, they didn't take part in you know right and right and now um well i think there's always been doubters and and, and they want to um challenge you and make sure you're the real deal whatever mm -hmm. that means i don't know what the real deal means do you know what that means well i but think they, they have the right to do well, that they do we want them to have and, and then the training that we get as mediums is is to be accurate as accurate as we can but uh, and to work with spirit as best we can you, there's um you're not going to deliver a, a movie screen or the exact how how people remember themselves and mm -hmm. how people remember each other is going to be different mm -hmm. so but as mediums we kind of try to figure out how to bring that information forward but what people need now for mediumship is different than what they needed 100 to Abs 200 years ago absolutely you know we were talking yesterday i saw the swedenborgen borgen church oh, yeah, in boston yeah. So I went home and was Googling a little bit of this uh, belief system uh, that exists here, which we don't actually have. Uh, but Swedenborg, of course, is a big mark in time as, as the guide with Andrew Jackson Davis, big mark in the history of what is mediumship. And yet still there is some of that philosophy right here in Boston right now. Absolutely. You know. And it's grown and developed if you've read a little bit about it. Yeah. And it's like, it's oh, I wasn't expecting to read some of the stuff I read. Well, they actually call it New Church is the other name for it, you know. And I think we need new mediumship for the 21st century. And you've got to hear, how can, they ben how can spiritual practices benefit us in the modern times? And what does mediumship to have to offer us? We will always, 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 I'm passionate. We will always there, be there for the healing element, for those that are suffering with uh, particularly grief in their life. Yeah, That's yeah. always got to be our primary job. But we now have clients who come to us out of curiosity. Uh, clients who come to us with a huge knowledge and experience of mediumship who come just to see how do we do it as opposed to how do you do it how do right. I do it right. you know what's the difference the uniqueness uh, between mediums we have people who come to test us to see does it really exist right 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 and I think it's a if you test in a very respectful, meaningful way, you're pushing us to go further and further. If you test us in a very disruptive way, well, not so much is going to happen. But um, but I feel like I want people to um, and inspire me and ask me to go further. Absolutely. And uh, what one thing I, I I've been popping into my head over the years is um. In our society, as people leave the churches, they leave the rituals, the routines mm -hmm. of, of how to, even just when somebody passes and the the, the funerals or the or the um, the, the wakes, mm -hmm. all that stuff is is disappearing and it's turning into something very very different. Um, and people 
I feel like are looking for the meaning of death and the meaning of life and understanding what happens in that. And I think more people ask the question, what comes next? Not out of some uh, desire for spiritual enlightenment, but because life now is based on processes and intellectual appraisal. So, so it's not enough to say we send them to the spirit world. It's not enough to say, oh, you know, there must be something that comes next. People want an education and um, to form their own opinions um, and to not just have it given to them by someone else. Life continues. Mm -hmm. So I think we're also part of a bigger process beyond what we call mediumship and evidence. We're, we're an aspect of people's understandings of everything. I think so. I really yeah. agree with that. I, I, I feel like we offer, mediums offer another aspect, another perspective. Yep. Yeah. I think I'm passionate now. You know, teaching's my primary uh, passion now. You know, I'm getting old. Before I finish, I need to pass on the knowledge. I look good on Zoom because it can just, you know, cloud the wrinkles a little bit. But I'm passionate now about passing on as much knowledge as I can for teachers of the future. And I think it's really important for me to teach my students now to be able to talk well about what they do and what they believe in. And I don't mean stand on a church and preach or give philosophy, but talk well about what they do, why they do it, how they do it with a language that's acceptable in the modern world, do you know? Oh, yeah. Well, what would be the, for an example? So for an example, if you say, I believe life continues after this, there is life beyond this life, someone has the right to say to you, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. So my passion would be that any medium would say, in my experience, not this is how it is, this is what the book says, it's in my experience, I've had this experience, I've had this experience, mm -hmm. you know, uh, very least recently I've had experiences of my husband dying, he had a heart issue where he died several times, don't feel sorry for me, he's really doing well now, but, but he died several times in, in just oh two God. weeks, you know, and, and I have to tell you, during that time I was never a medium, I was a wife and I've been married over 40 years, nearly 45 years. So, so I had to face up to the fact this could be the end of our time together. Mediumship didn't give me comfort in that, that he was going somewhere else and I could still talk to him. I understand. You yeah. know, I wanted to keep him for every breath that I could. So, so to speak about the afterlife as some magical solution to everything, some heavenly place mm -hmm. that, you know, you still have to go through a process of separation from all okay. the things. Mm -hmm. you know, I can be as spiritual as I want. I'm still going to miss my morning cup of tea that he makes more than I'm going to think he's in a better place, you know? Yeah, good point. I, I think that's absolutely <laughs> true. It's absolutely true. And how do you... Um... But you, you're when you bring messages to people who have that feeling, you know they have that feeling. Where's my cup of tea, or where's exactly. the warm socks coming out of the dryer? How do you talk to them? Because I, I, I want practitioners of evidential mediumship, particularly practitioners of evidential mediumship, to remember just because you know with certainty 
that you're talking to someone in the spirit world and that you're giving quality evidence that can be recognized and you're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling good in your mediumship mm -hmm. and that you're doing a good job. I want practitioners to realize that it doesn't fill the gap. It can heal the pain, but it doesn't fill heal the, the gap. gap. And, and we're having, you know, as I said years ago, when I gave readings, a client would come, you would give them a reading, they wouldn't ask any questions, they would virtually accept whatever you gave them, would leave your company, and you wouldn't know what sort of job you'd done. I don't mean were you good, but you wouldn't know if you'd actually helped them. Oh, in their yeah, life. the impact that you had on that person. When now we tend to give readings to people that we might see again in three months' time or they might be a student of ours, or they might be a friend of ours. So you see the ongoing story as it unfolds. But I want mediums to understand every time they work with the spirit world, they have to assume that is the only package they're going to deliver. So they're not going to have time to have a chat over a cup of coffee necessarily. Mm -hmm. They're not going to see that client again. You know, galleries now, we have huge galleries. Oh, yeah. And we have, you know, we did a gallery the other night. 50% of people had never been to one before. And we might never see those 50% exactly. of people again. Exactly. So when we deliver, we have to deliver with professionalism, with moralistic a protection for our clients mm -hmm. with respect for the spirit world it's not about just a good performance or just a good link we talked about that heart-to-heart -heart connection uh, where we're a human human to human when i say hi a human heart mm -hmm. to a human heart connection although we're not really talking to the person in the sitter or in the, the recipient we're really talking to spirit but i feel like you're talking about keeping it real Absolutely. And, and also that you giving a very good link to a client could actually send them home with a lot of heartache. Uh, you know, I have a, uh, a story that I heard many years ago of someone who's given an excellent reading. I mean, amazing proof that her husband was in the spirit world. Uh, she then tried to take her life to be with him. I've heard. It's not the only story I've heard. And yeah. she just needed confirmation that he would be there. And, and in a modern world, that is an option for people. In, if we go back 30 years, people would have been afraid. You know, what happens if it's not real? Will God judge me? You know, they were, they were a little bit safe because of their lack of understanding that the spirit world existed. But you imagine somebody coming to three galleries, having three excellent messages from three different mediums, and then saying, okay, if I go, they're going to be there. Be there. Now, that's okay if that's their choice. But you also have to live with the understanding that you did your job well. And I think for me now, the teaching of mediumship and the modern world and the practice of mediumship is not just delivering a communication. What do you, tell me more. What do you think it is? I think we, we need to teach more the responsibility that goes with it. Uh, the philosophy behind it. I know you as a minister look at that from a very spiritual perspective, but the philosophy behind it, I think uh, the mediums of the future need to be able to understand how a client perceives the work fully, not just how does they measure if it's good or bad, but what are they going to use this information? How is it going to change their life? How would you go about doing that? Well, I think, first of all, I think it begins right from the beginning. You know, why do you want to train to be an evidential medium? You know, what what 
what is your story that brings you to this point? And what are you going to do with the information that you receive, the proof mm -hmm. that you're going to receive mm -hmm. that the spirit world is real? Because first and foremost, to be a good medium, you have to believe it. Just because you can get a piece of evidence doesn't mean to say the spirit world exists. You have to receive your own proof either within your own work, which I prefer, or yeah. from a, directly yeah. from another medium. But you need to be challenged about the language you use. It's no good saying he's all right now. No, actually, saying, saying he's all right, what does that mean? So my, I'll just, my reason for doing mediumship um, wasn't from a death it was just from I was hearing and seeing spirit talking and I had a sense of am I alone in this world or not or what's going mm -hmm. on and uh, um, so it wasn't an, I want to connect to the loved one that passed so I know that they're okay I wanted just to connect to something bigger in my life and that because because I knew something was going on and uh, so when I do my mediumship that still rings true you're not alone you're let your life is important your life is meaningful and here are people that love you deeply and didn't stop loving you, even though they're not here next to you. Do you see what I mean? That was, that's my message. But I me, mean, other, everybody, every medium has their own individual reason why they're doing it and what their message is. Um, you and it's important to, to understand that. You understand yours yeah. very um, clearly. You know, I think mine has changed. Mine's evolved over the nearly more than 30 years now I think mine has evolved because because when I started um I fell into it I literally mm. fell into it you know it wasn't some magical experience uh it was just about opportunity and and possibility that I said yes to and and at the beginning it was all about achievement can I do this and and you know is it real and then I began to say, okay, it was very clear that in one way or another, mm -hmm. my teachers, my, my work was leading me towards being professional. So it's then, can I succeed in a professional world? Mm -hmm. And then in my case, can I earn my living? Because I gave up my business to do this full time. Okay. So, so the focus was very different. And then in the last 10, 15 years, maybe a little more, I've progressed to thinking, what is the point of this in, a, in the real world, mm -hmm. you know? Well, definitely it is to help those who are grieving. 100% is to, to help those. But I think in my years, the emphasis now is on, not in a negative way, but the emphasis now is on the evidence, the message, how many people come to watch you in a gallery, uh, how well known are you? How well respected are you? Are you good enough to have that position? So it's all become about the quality of the evidence. Now, that is ultra important, but we've lost the philosophy that supports it. Why did the spirit world choose to come and work with us? You know, why does mediumship exist? Oh, yeah. Why do people decide, make this decision to dedicate their life to it? Too often now we're having people do it because it's a good job and they can earn good money, you know, and I think that's a misguidance because there are only a few mediums that are able to achieve that. Uh, the majority of people are, are, are really struggling to pay their way with the job. So, so there has to be more that's firing your ambition to giving you the desire to follow it. So for me, this this spiritual practice that we call mediumship, and that's trance healing, all of it. Yes, we're helping humanity, 
but we're helping humanity to live their life better. That's got to be the goal. Yeah. Not just to understand that. that the spirit world exists, not that. just to heal grief, but to give purpose to this life. And so many people are lost in this life. I agree. I agree. It's a whole different, um, a whole different kettle of fish in that even in 20, 21st century. Exactly. It, 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 but I, you said something earlier that just rang a bell for me. Why is spirit coming here to talk to us? And that I don't is. know the answer to that. Yeah. I don't know. what I can easily say to you, oh, because they want to support us because we're part of the spirit world and therefore we're always connected. I can give you all those um, philosophical platitudes that I believe in, but I honestly don't know. I see the spirit world working with some, not just mediums, but in many other walks mm. of spiritual life. You know, mediumship isn't the only pathway to spirituality no it's a small it's, it's, it's very one of small ways and so sometimes you have a big piece of pie yeah. and it's a little piece of absolutely pie. yeah and i see the spirit world working with mediums who really shouldn't be working they're often doing a lot of harm sometimes knowingly sometimes no. unknowingly mm-hmm. yeah. um and doing a lot of harm and i think why don't the spirit world just stop working with them And then I say, well, it's because the hope is they can still get through to whoever needs it. But there is something intrinsic that we don't understand. And that is the the thirst that keeps me going is why does it exist? Not how do we do it, but why does it exist? And, And, you know, I've been looking at the science, as you said, quite a lot. And it's really fired my passion after all these years. Uh, to understand actually what part do we play in it people will say I expand my energy you know I can raise my vibration Um, you know I can reach out through my belief system to Mm -hmm. touch this other world but actually uh, the work that I've been doing with the universe teaches how quickly and efficiently this becomes one of the most natural things we do as natural as breathing we can normalize it kind of make it it's part of life it it always was who we were we were just finding our way back there a lot of the work i've been doing with the universities which is a lot of mediumship under controlled conditions uh which can be measured and repeated uh the one that really uh um took my attention was the eeg and the i was doing trance work yeah. at the time rather than evidential mediumship for those of you who don't know what trance work let's just call it very 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 close inspiration you know beyond your own thoughts inspiration not the sort of inspiration that guides you to have uh more spiritual thoughts but where it's not even your thoughts let's just call it that to keep it simple and i move my hands like i am now and my head mm-hmm. and i speak and uh There is a lot of advice in the speaking, sometimes information that I couldn't know in the speaking. Um, So anything can be said. And the neuroscientist that was doing, it was a 32-point EEG. So it's everything. It's your eye movement, your face movement, everything. Um, He films himself looking at the screen, which is in another room Mm -hmm. that's reading the information. And you hear his excitement. He came rushing in after I'd finished the private sitting that I was doing to say, 
your brain is not measuring the movement nor the speaking not even the thought before the speaking is wow. being recognized wow. therefore is it? it is wow. as automatic as breathing is in your brain breathing is one of the most automated responses we have so so the for anybody who doesn't know egs it's the thing that goes up and down it flat lines when you're dead and you have all of these 32 different things being mentioned and your breathing is a very rhythmic even when you're breathing faster or slower it's very rhythmic and and minimal interference in the rest of your body unless you have a breathing condition mm -hmm. But if you're breathing a regular breath, it, it's a very automated response in your brain. You don't think I must take a breath. You never think that from the moment you're born. It's an automated response. And that the trance mediumship had become so automated that the movement and the speaking was not registering, even though I do a process to get out of the way, even the process wasn't being measured. So, mm. so then what, they later discovered um, when we did the MRI that the reason they believed it had become so automated that my brain said, oh, this is here to stay. It's nothing weird she's doing. You know, when you're new to it, the brain is challenged. I don't understand this. You know, how am I going to work with this? It's changing everything mm -hmm. that we do. So it becomes challenged by these processes. And in my brain, it had become so used to it, thought, oh, we better give it a room to stay because it's going to be around to stay. We better find it a place to live, mm -hmm. you know, because it's not going away. So that it was now based in the reptilian brain. Let's not get technical. It's quite boring, the technical stuff. But there's a bit of our brain that we've all got from when we were reptiles. You know, maybe then we could, maybe that's where the wrinkles come from, yeah. from when we were reptiles. You know. <laughs> and they didn't have moisturizer in those years, did they? Um, but but the reptilian brain was just empty. It was a spare room. So let's give it there to live. So when they were doing the MRI, the reptilian brain was lighting up. It was where the work was when I was doing the mediumship. So that's why it is, feels natural to me. I don't have to raise my vibration. I don't have to. You do, but you're not doing anything deliberately. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a thought and I'm working with them. Okay. The same as I'm a thought, I'm working with Nancy. A thought, I'm working with the spirit world. So, so when we go back to this philosophy of it's um, why do the spirit world work with us? I think it's because they're part of who we are. Mm -hmm. And if they're part of who we are, we have a responsibility to everything that ever was and ever is and ever will be. So we have a huge responsibility in the life that we lead. We might be an individual, but we have an effect on absolutely everything around us. And we're losing that. You know, galleries and 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 private sittings to help people live their lives have all been based now on the quality of evidence, what proves the medium, what proves the well, spirit we, world. we still need the quality of evidence, and maybe some mediums are still struggling to get to that quality. Yeah. And you, you kind of have moved past that to say, why am I doing this? Yeah. What's the importance? But I feel like um, we, as we are learning to get that quality of evidence, and we've talked, you and I have talked about mm -hmm. a lot of it, and um, trying to understand me and my mediumship, you know, um, Sheila's been mentoring me for a while. Um, Can I just say Nancy gave me the cup? It's not my ego. <laughs> yes. Well, she's kind of an expert. <laughs> but uh, um, is to 
have it be real in my life. Yeah. I was losing touch of, of why I was doing it and where was the joy. And you brought me back to just be you and find that joy. I also you yeah. probably know that I draw. Um, and, and as I just let it naturally flow and I don't try to achieve anything, I just am. I find my readings um, are, are happy. It's satisfying to me, but I also feel like the connection that I make with people, there's something there that that wasn't there before but you're equally you're connecting you to them as well as their loved one in the spirit world to them you're connecting this is where i've evolved from doing my work i don't mean my life as a medium there are lots of you know people who talk about or write books about my life as a medium i don't mean that i mean the energy that you are the presence you are in your world has as much effect on your client as the information and the connection to the other world so we are the shop window, if you like, for spiritual energy. And, and I think in the 21st century where we have clients questioning what is this all about mm -hmm. and questioning, uh, measuring the quality, measuring, you know, what we do, what they do, how, you know, I think we need to find a new place to bring back the passion for the philosophy. And I don't mean pretty talks you know love like unicorns stuff but i mean mm -hmm. you know if we look at i can never say it but the theo, theo, theosophy society I can never don't say ask me to say that again theosophy i was proposing that one but if we go back there to like 1900 mm -hmm. the early 1900s um you know it, it was based on discussion groups it was based on on trying to create a belief system uh, that others could then understand what was going on. And we've lost a lot of those opportunities now. They are still there, but they're not nearly as prolific as finding a message. You can find a message on any street corner in the UK. You know, we walked down Newbury Street here in, in um, uh, Boston, Boston, Boston yesterday, Boston. and there were psychics all along there that you could book sittings for and spirit readings that you could book all along there. But where could you go? Could you book to have an evening where people can explore what's this all about? You know, our churches mm -hmm. offer philosophy, but it's yeah. perhaps 20 minutes on a Sunday if you can get people through the door, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I like that idea. Now, you got me thinking here, creating, um, create, we talked about this too. How do you create, we do call it demonstration when mediums come in and we demonstrate, but what if we, created something where it wasn't just mediumship it was talking to people about what's going on here how is this impacting you or just how, how would you do that I mean it, we we have a people are expecting certain things so maybe changing the expectations I can only speak with limited knowledge but in the the UK uh, churches that once had uh, we have spiritualist churches very much we're very fortunate and we have very good speakers and very good mediums working at our spiritualist churches. And nearly every town you could find something now. But Sunday service, we only say Sunday because it's just the day that everybody can make it really. But divine service um, used to have like, a, I used to work a church that would have 100 people in the morning service watching and 100 people in the evening. And now they struggle to get people Just in. So, one service. so yeah. that's even the philosophy. But you sell tickets in a theatre for a, a demonstration of evidential mediumship and you can sell 300 tickets. So something somewhere has changed and is missing. 
And I'm not here preaching that our churches are wrong or anything like that. Please don't think that I'm I'm not that sort of cavalier person. But but how do we market a spiritual talk? How do we create a society of people that are inquisitive enough to really explore what is life and death and what is it all about? without having this closed movement of mediums or, or, or mediumship or, you know, I mean, parapsychology is easy to grow. You say to people, let's talk about phenomena and people would come because they're expecting amazing, weird and wacky things to happen. How do we create a marketable environment? If anybody's got any suggestions, share it. Yeah, I'm looking in no. all those Facebook live. There's a bunch of people watching you guys. Yeah, somebody said comments. my grandparents were in the theosophical, I said it then, <laughs> theosophical society. <laughs> you know, it is a grandparent era thing. I mean, there are still groups out there, but you've got to go find them and you've got to hope you live close enough to be able to uh, use them. Catherine, bless her, mm-hmm. ever the optimist, rent the a theatre, which costs a lot of money. How do we get people through the door to say, let's talk, talk about what is what is this whole belief system based on because it's not based on an evidential message it's not people talk about the fox sisters being the beginning of modern mediumship because their story was so huge particularly here in Mm. america they were certainly a catalyst i don't think i can agree you know we've talked about swedenborg that was before the fox sisters andrew Andrew jackson Jackson davis Davis was before before the fox they they laid the groundwork catalyst catalyst but they had the philosophy where the fox sisters had the knockings and had the spirit communication but people were connecting both of them the quakers were supporting the shakers were supporting they were connecting the ideas um they were looking for the meaning behind it, yes. not the phenomena. Yeah. And then people could just get get bowled away with the phenomena. They filled the theaters with, with to hear the knockings and things like that. I sometimes I think in this how we live now with too much information, the information age, um, we don't know what to do with all the information coming at us. So sometimes we'll we'll look for something that's going to shock us or entertain us or make us feel good or and then we move on to the next thing. And I, I feel like we don't have a lot of patience these days for taking in lots of information. Well, I think the phenomena, and I include in that the messages as well, the evidence as well, that's easy to process. It's either real or it isn't. True. So it's easy to process. You don't have to think, okay, if this is real, what, what have I got to take on board here? Um, I think people want it in a, a simple way that doesn't challenge their everyday thoughts, True. you know. True, because because their everyday thoughts are being channeled, challenged, not channeled, channeled, challenged every minute of everything that they do because there's so much information flying at us and um, and contradictory information too. Don't eat sugar, it's bad for you. Don't have salt, it's mm. bad for you. Don't have a little salt, your salt's a draw. Or don't, you know, even you, foods or in relationships, he's good for you, she's bad for you. She, how could you? And uh, as we go through life, everything conflicts everything else so how do we work with philosophies and spirituality and mediumship to to bring some structure to whatever it is to bring some connection i like i like the word for me it's always been about connection well your title is how can a spiritual practice benefit us in these modern times that becomes a much bigger fishing net you know a spiritual practice encompasses all sorts of titles 
and also someone who brings yeah. flowers into yeah. their home every day is doing a spiritual practice exactly. uh, somebody yeah. who paints their room pink is doing a spiritual practice they're creating an energy that makes them feel good in their home and and i think um materialism and and the challenges that material world gives us now all the judgment that's associated mm -hmm. personal and external i think now we've forgotten what to measure how to measure what really makes us feel good what we can trust makes so if you have a very good relationship there's always the idea well maybe it won't last you know or yeah. if you have a very good um, family unit, well, they're going to go their own way eventually. Uh, if you have a good job, well, yes, but then I'm going to retire. There's always this, in the material world, there's always this temporary feeling with things, not necessarily negative, just temporary, where spirituality doesn't arrive and it doesn't leave. It is part of an evolving person. It's part of who you are. Therefore, it can be expressed mm -hmm. in everything you do. Right. Yeah. There comes the peace. There comes the inner comfort, the inner confidence, the mm -hmm. inner knowing that maybe you can't even give language to. That, that sense of well-being that goes yeah. the, the peace that passes understanding is that song yeah. way back when. But uh, no, it, it's that it's bigger than what you could even say. Or but people, you know, when we talk about the materialistic world. I'm jumping on this because you, you know, because it. I think people are are less enamored with the materialistic world than they ever were before they um do you i don't know mm. sometimes i could give you the discussion where i would say everybody is materially focused and then i realize that so many people even in a good position even in a wonderful position feel unsafe Mm -hmm. so i think everybody is really particularly you know mm -hmm. i know here in america and certainly in the uk financially everything is being challenged now you know and of course when finances are challenged so many other things are challenged Absolutely. health and well-being and all sorts of things so i think even the people who have money and have jobs and have relationships their foundations don't feel solid anymore Correct. so either they're testing their foundations or they live with an element of how temporary is this, where spirituality can't be temporary it, because it's evolving, it's energy. Therefore, energy cannot be destroyed. So if there's nothing left materially, there is still spiritual energy left, uh, however you perceive it. And I think, you see, we have to introduce not spiritualism, you know, it's just one pathway. But I have, I think, as mediums, part of our job with any client is to introduce the idea that you are not powerless, you are not broken, Absolutely. but you are opening up to your true power. Yeah, yeah. And that your true power doesn't leave you. It just gets a bit masked by life, by grief, Jeez. by many yeah. things. Yeah. So I think our job as mediums in everything we do, even if it's a cup of tea and a conversation, is the act of healing. And I don't mean laying on of hands, whilst I do respect that enormously, I mean giving the power back to the people. Be the people becoming whole. Absolutely. Becoming fulfilled in, in, a, in a, uh, something that goes beyond. You know, one of the worst stories I think I can tell isn't a terrible story, 
And yet I perceive it as the worst story. I used to work with a lady long before I knew anything about this, who every Friday didn't work. She would finish work at Friday lunchtime to go to a medium every week to talk to her dead husband. Now you have to think about that. You can think about it very negatively and say the medium was uh, manipulating her for money. But you, can, you have to think about that woman is not mm -hmm. evolving in her life or her story with the passing of her husband. She's frozen in her grief. Frozen in time. That means she has no power over her life. No power at all over her life. Without that Friday afternoon, no holidays, nothing. Without that Friday afternoon meeting, she is not complete. You know, that's how powerless you can be. Um, and I'm sure all of you have got stories like that so for me the mediumship of the 21st century is not how good is my evidence not how good is my chance how much do I get paid how many clients I've got it's not even how many clients have I helped it's how many clients now no longer ever need a medium again how many clients now feel confident enough to live their life in the knowledge true knowledge that they're not alone, true knowledge that there is no suffering after this life, true knowledge that, that everything that they've shared in this life has a purpose, no matter how difficult it feels, you know, how rubbish or struggle it is, that you are as important as anyone else. Mm. Mediums mm. are not special people. You know, it's just the pathway that we've chosen. And that everybody that comes to us should feel as special and as powerful as we do after we've worked with them. So for me, the training of mediumship now, particularly evidential mediumship, because it's the shop window very much, um, it has to be holistic now. You know, we need to change the way we teach. I'm not saying we can stop classes. Tomorrow here, we're running a one-day workshop on uh, polishing your mediumship. It will be very much on the evidence and, and the format. But I hope also that I will have the opportunity to teach the students the responsibility of what they do and the real purpose behind what they do. It's about giving people back the power, and so many people feel they haven't got it now. I love this message. I really do. So, um, so actually, we want to work our ways out of having a job. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully but, one day. But finding that power um, within, or inviting somebody. There's a fellow, David Kessler, who talks about, he, you know, David Kessler, he works with I, Elizabeth I know of it. I'm not educated. He, anyway, he, he has this, a lot of philosophies on uh, the stages of grief it's, it's before death and also the stages of grief after losing somebody. And he talks about the six stages, have, finding meaning in life, finding meaning in, in um, the passing and the, and the loss of the person. But it's finding meaning in your own life based on there's, there's a new when you have a deep loss or in your in grief. There's no going back to the old way, but mm -hmm. it, you're finding your new normal. You're mm -hmm. finding your new place. Mm -hmm. And I have often looked at spirituality and mediumship as one of those steps to finding meaning in um, in life beyond what you expect it to be. And I feel that sometimes that's one of the answers to grief, not to take the grief away, but what we're being challenged as humans 
to do because we have a beginning, middle, and end. There's always going to be an end. What does life mean to us when there's an end? Um, and I feel like in mediumship, we sh- we're that's the message we're giving to us. Life isn't ending; it's shifting and transitioning. And we hold on to how life should be so tightly, and it's often not the truth about what we're here to do, mm-hmm. what we're what we're here to experience, explore, and develop. I don't know about you, Nancy, with private sitting, so often the questions that clients want to ask, both with trance sittings and with evidential sittings, what is my purpose in life? And actually, actually, the real answer, we always help clients, of course, particularly getting the information from the guidance from the spirit world, what to say. But but actually, the purpose in life is to feel that you are worthy. Mm -hmm. You haven't got to do something to be worthy. You haven't miss the opportunity to be worthy you haven't got to go to church to be worthy or believe in a particular thing but actually you just have to feel worthy you know you have to find your self-worth within yourself that's the healing that's the becoming whole that's the becoming yeah And, and I I think in this 20 you know when I started it was about grief it was about proving that the spirit world existed through mediumship. We didn't have, there was science, but the science wasn't as well um, presented as it is now. It's presented in a much more practical way now. It was almost a bit mystical in those days. And, and um, I mean, if we look at um, The Edge of the Etheric with Arthur Finlay, you know, he explored these ideas long before other people had begun to, you know, he brought together scientists and oh, really? people like Gordon Higginson, you know, excellent mediums, because he wanted not to have proof, not to have messages. He wanted to understand the connection between mediumship and this world. It was the oh. at the edge of the etheric. He wanted to understand mm-hmm. what, not what is it, but what is the reason? What is the connection? Why does it exist? Oh. And we've lost some of that, you know, and, and we've those of us that are passionate about it uh, don't necessarily have the outlets to be able to do it. You know, mm-hmm. we, we almost have to look for opportunities uh, and people who are willing in a non-competitive way, in a non-combative way, you know, it can get quite, you do this, I do this, you say this, I say this but in an exploratory, in an experimental way, to, to understand the real purpose of mediumship is why does the connection exist? Not how does it exist, or why does it exist, you know? We are so close to science proving the spirit world. So close. Bless you. We're so close that science will support the proof. Bless you. I think you're telling the truth because it's that's that what happens to you when I tell the truth. No, it's my perfume. Um, but 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 why does it exist? Is the real philosophy, not how, but what is this connection? And then we can use it well. And and I mean, really, <coughs> just ignore it for a few minutes. Just, it should no, be. I'm going to go off screen. It should be. <coughs> I've got the tissues. Do you want the tissues? They're on my side. <laughs> um, so, so for me, when we, under the title you've given me tonight and the talk you've given me by this title tonight, 
it's actually that everything I now believe in is bigger than being a medium, is bigger than the philosophy of does the spirit world exist, is bigger than we're here to heal. It's it's very much now about really learning from the spirit world, their perspective of why they do it. And then trusting that, of course, because that's the sort of mediumship where you've got to trust. It's not your imagination <clears throat> filling yeah. in the gaps. Um, and then giving from that um, in our work, directing our work more and more to giving people back the power in their life, not just the power in their grief, not just the power in their healing, but the power in their existence, that life is worth living. Too many people are just surviving these days. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> and, and when things just go out of balance, they are really suffering. And, and just knowing your dad's around to help, your, your dad that's passed the spirit around to help isn't always enough, you know? Help me with what? How do I do this? Where's my yeah. step? I'm glad you're here, but I have no idea. Swedenberg wanted to step back and talk a little bit of history because he stepped in here by just mm -hmm. by seeing that church yeah. um, was actually a um, talked about the angels. He talked about connection with spirit. He talked about connection with God in a time during the Royals, when the Royals were under the King mm -hmm. and the King was, and the churches were supposed to be your connection to God. You couldn't have your own. You mm -hmm. actually will be treason to, to, mm -hmm. or, or some other worse thing. People were getting burned alive. They, they were mm -hmm. really being tortured. And he stepped in to, and he was under a king's protection while he did this mm -hmm. to say these things and to develop these thoughts. And he wrote about them yeah. and they were translated into a lot of languages and introduced and invited people to begin to think that there's nothing between them and God. Mm -hmm. And I feel that claiming that or, or talking about that again, bringing that back, there's the TV and the stories and, and the, the dollar and, and the politics it don't come between us and God. Mm -hmm. It's just us and God mm -hmm. and our own truth <clears throat> and um, not our belief systems that are based on fear. But when we step out of those belief systems and say, where am I? And where is God? Because we're divine beings. And where is God in all this? Ooh, the doors just open right up. Mm -hmm. And we begin to find power and I, uh, within ourselves and our creativity can really take off and we can make amazing things in our lives, create amazing things in our lives. And I think that that's part of where we are in humanity is to be creative, to create things that are in alignment to nature, alignment to God, alignment to what we were created for. And I feel like that's one of the things that people like mediums who step into that one foot in one side of the world and one foot in the other said, yeah, you could do that. You, mm. you can, you can be that. <clears throat> I don't want to, I don't want galleries to stop. I don't want private oh. sittings to stop. I believe in the help that they give and particularly with people who are grieving or people who are extremely lonely in this world. I believe in the power of the education that comes forward and the guidance that comes forward from the spirit world. So I don't want mediumship to stop. I don't want churches to close their doors. None of those things. But I am, would love, I would love to see the philosophy. You know, uh, part of the education system for these uh, this understanding in the UK is to recognise the trinity, you know, that the, the science, the, the mediumship, the religion all go to work in harmony, work together. But, but I mean, 
one of the questions I can remember in my exams was what's more important, the philosophy or the mediumship? And the answer is they're equal, but actually they're not in this modern world, not anymore. Um, you know, there are people who will go to a church service and arrive after the philosophy because they think, oh, well, I've just come for a message. Mm. I don't want to do the prayers. I don't want to do the philosophy. And yet we had wonderful speakers. Absolutely. You know, even in my time, uh, people like the mm -hmm. wonderful Eric Catton, you won't know here in America. Uh, he wasn't known for mediumship. He was a healer, but he wasn't known as a healer. Uh, I know here, you know, Mavis Patilla, oh, uh, the late Mavis Patilla. She's quite well known here on the East Coast. A wonderful speaker for spirit. And she had good mediumship as well, but a wonderful speaker. And people aren't having, uh, students aren't even having the space to practice that, you know, to be no, taught okay. that. <clears throat> now, quite frankly. They're practicing mediumship. Yeah. They're practicing messages. They're seeing how fast Absolutely. and how accurate they could be. And quite frankly, the wow zone. Yeah. I used to run philosophy courses at my own school. And we struggled to fill the places. And if you've got to pay for a building and you've got to pay for your time, you can't run a course with three or four people. So you need more people to want it. People ask for it. And then when you offer it, you give them this opportunity. It doesn't feed them. They want to be mm. fed with the gratification of I've achieved this or I can now, you know, I've learned to do remote viewing or whatever. Um, if we opened a discussion group once a group once a week here, uh, you, you might start with a few people that mm -hmm. would be interested to see what's going on. And then it's a big challenge to hold people while it develops, while it grows. Um, but, you know, it's true. It would take a challenge to really <clears throat> have some inspired people or people who are really looking. You know, a lot of Good. people are judgmental of other relationships and Jehovah's Witness in the UK is certainly judged quite harshly. I don't speak about the religion now, but in the UK, uh, they will knock on people's doors. That's part of their practice. Yeah. I think you have it also with the Mormons here. Yeah. Their job is yes. to go out yeah. and share and the missionaries. Right. Now, whether you believe in it or not, I'm not asking anybody to judge Jehovah's Witness or Mormons, that's not our place and certainly not our place tonight. But they will go door to door. Most doors will be slammed in their face and very few people will talk to them. But they're out. They're out there trying to spread their belief. How many spiritualists go out knocking on doors and trying to share their beliefs? You know, we have a place in London called Speaker's Corner. If anybody you goes do. to London, oh, it's on the corner of um, Hyde Park <clears throat> near my Marble Arch. If ever you go to London on a Sunday, go there Sunday morning. It's called Soapbox Corner. You literally take a box, you stand on it, and you can say anything you want. Even to the point that we've had terrorism spoken about there, but the police obviously are around and obviously will know who you are. But it's free speech, the freedom to say anything you want. How many spiritualists have gone to Speaker's Corner? If anybody's watching this from the UK or anywhere else that's done it, please correct me because I will be really happy to be wrong. But how many spiritualists take a box and stand on Boston Common? and talk about their beliefs to see if anybody will be interested to learn. You know, we have TED Talks. Okay. Well, let's get some spiritualists. I don't know what philosophy. TED Talk is, but TED it sounds talks. interesting. TED Talks. Make are... me think of that film. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, TED Talks, um, and you can actually download how to make a good TED Talks. They're 15, 20 minutes long. And you can talk about anything that you want, but it needs to be well presented. It needs to be backed up with, with sound thinking. And people flock to those. And they have TED Talks in cities. You know, they have Chicago TED Talks. I'm sure they have Boston TED Talks. And I know so, so many people, I always I want to do a TED Talk. And I'm thinking, got to do some TED Talks. There you go. There's the challenge. Yeah. And, and for the TED Talk to be not just what is a medium, not defending ourselves. This is what we can do. This is what we can achieve. But using mediumship to open the minds of people to, to understand. You know, I do a lesson because when you say philosophy, people aren't interested. And I do a lesson called the philosophy of Winnie the Pooh. And, and I usually integrate it into to teaching other things. And I make them all read lots of Winnie the Pooh and give their opinion on the philosophy. Then they have to write their own Winnie the Pooh. One year we made t-shirts, we put Winnie the Pooh on the t-shirts, but they have to create their own Winnie the Pooh. Now, if I gave someone at a TED talk, Winnie the Pooh, and I said to them, do you know, this is one of the most spiritual books you will ever touch. I'm sure they'd have a look because they wouldn't be threatened. They wouldn't think it's some religion or cult that I'm trying to bring them into. And they'd probably, you know, I like Eeyore better than Winnie the Pooh or whatever, you know? Um, but actually it's huge spiritual philosophy, you know, and, and the author themselves created it for that reason. It was about the philosophy of life. Um, if anybody's done the stories, the poo sticks and things like that, it's all very philosophical. It is, it is. Um, but sweet. Yeah, and it's it's fun. acceptable. It's yeah. it's real. You know, it's every day. It's a book you're used to. However, you give someone the Bible, you know, which actually can, contains a lot of spiritualist philosophy in the Bible. People say, oh, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in religion. You know, I'm threatened by it. So, So what I'd like, and I try, I hope, Nancy, I hope you would agree as a teacher, is always to take the opportunity in any mediumship class or any trance class, both of which we're running mm -hmm. here. Uh, tomorrow we have a mediumship class. Friday, Saturday, we have trance at Quincy yeah. Church. Um, and Sunday afternoon, we're doing a gallery-style workshop on Sunday afternoon. But I always take the opportunity to make sure or to encourage the students to see the morals behind their work. What is their driving force? What is their reason? And most of all, what effect are you having on your client? It's not about achieving mediumship or being the most, uh, the best at the evidence mm. that you give. It is a holistic package. It is spiritual, uh, the exchange of spiritual mm. energy between you and the client, between the spirit world and the client, between you and the spirit world, it is a, a, a blending of boundaries that don't actually exist, you know, taking away yeah. the boundaries yeah. that we're connected to everything. So for me, the benefit of a spiritual practice in the modern times is making it real, bring Absolutely. it into real life. Making it real, making it real bringing it into real life and taking the philosophies of, that come from standing with one foot in one side and one foot on the other and making it normal. You know, a very simple practice. There are many mediums who are excellent at evidence. 
will walk out of a demonstration and will say, oh, did you see that woman at the back? She was horrible. She wouldn't work with me. Just comments like that is not living a spiritual practice. Kind of missed the point. Right? Absolutely. Maybe that woman had a very good reason for not working with you. Maybe she didn't like your work. You know, she chose not to work with you. But to go out and pass judgment in that way means you have immediately stepped out of the spiritual energy that you've just been demonstrating. And 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 I've done it. Believe me, I've yeah, done yeah. it. And I probably still do it on occasions because we forget what this energy is we're working with. We forget the philosophy that's behind it. We're doing the job of proving beyond reasonable doubt the spirit world that we forget our energy, our presence in the room has a power. And our energy should be the energy that we want to help people just by being in the room. I watched you work um, in the demonstration with with uh, with a couple different messages where where the person in the audience wasn't necessarily understanding what you were saying, mm-hmm. and and you were really working with spirit to deliver something that was understandable. So so it's not like slam dunk with the mm-hmm. first two sentences out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And what I watched her struggle with was understanding what you were talking about believing that what you're saying what you're talking about and then finally coming to a point where she could bring both of them together mm-hmm. there was a tremendous amount of patience on your side and a tremendous amount of willingness so you know what um, let's keep working with the spirit let's keep finding this pathway I, I um for, for you to open up step onto that rainbow bridge and know that that this is the spirit communicator is really here for you you weren't forcing anything down anyone's throat you were simply serving I think maybe the difference with me and and some mediums, and I'm not unique in this next statement, is uh, I don't mind if I'm wrong. You know, I don't mind if I'm not seen to be the best. You know, I've always just worked my own way. Uh, You know, I know you've introduced that. I worked at the Arthur Finley College. It didn't fit for me at the time. Uh, not because it was a bad place it just didn't fit my way of thinking you know I did all my training there and loved every minute of it but but I've always been a bit of a loner I've always been my own driving force I've always got my instruction from the spirit world Uh, you know they've taught me Mm -hmm. to be who I am and what I am so if I bum out and fail you know, I can live with it. I'm not going to feel very comfortable for a few hours, but I can live with it. But but my passion is that the client doesn't leave thinking they've done anything wrong or that the client thinks that their communicator wasn't good at doing communication or that, that there's some reason why this process didn't work that was their fault, you know. So, so my persistence in in my honesty in saying I've got that wrong let me correct that for you my honesty in in bringing forward the very best of the spirit world is because actually I want them to forget me you know in my trance work I work with uh, mostly my teacher in the spirit world who is known as light that's not really important Uh, But when I work in Switzerland, people say, can I have a sitting with Mr. Light? Because they can't remember my name. 
That's the best compliment they can give me. Because not only does it mean I'm not important in the process, it also means they, by themselves, have made a relationship with the spirit world. They oh haven't God. made that relationship via me. I'm just the voice piece in the case of my trance work. I'm just the voice box. So they don't have a relationship with Sheila. So I don't remember the woman from England, her name. I don't remember that. But I'll have a sitting with that Mr. Likes. So I quite <laughs> like him. But Sheila and just needs to be there. For I just, just need to be in the room. So there's a noise, you know, and a voice. <laughs> and that means they've developed a relationship with the spirit world. That means that they've thought about Mr. Light. They've possibly even talked to Mr. Light and said, I'm going to have another appointment mm -hmm, with you. Mm -hmm. They've possibly got excited about the thought of talking to Mr. Light. Uh, for he, he, you know, it's not about evidence, my trance work. It's very much about education, very specific education for the individual. Um, that for me is the purity of mediumship, that I become anonymous. And, and I would love that in my evidential mediumship, where they can't remember my name, but they can remember the love that dad brought that mm -hmm. night. You know, I know many, many mediums remember their communications and talk about them for weeks afterwards. I can't. I really can't. The minute I finished my work, I've forgotten it because, because it wasn't about me. It was about the spirit world and the client. So I don't remember my messages, even my evidential messages, like very occasionally, usually because I'm going to use them for teaching. And I want to remember the example for teaching. But I don't I don't remember the client. You know, the other night we were working in a demonstration. A lady introduced herself to me before. She was actually my host for the last few days, mother-in-law. And she introduced me. And during the demonstration, I gave a link. Afterwards, the same lady came and thanked me. I didn't even know that I'd given my host's mother-in-law a message because I was disassociated from my relationship with the client. And I was just delivering the evidence from the spirit world. And I was quite shocked. Oh, I didn't realize I'd given you a message. I'm so sorry. It, I didn't realize it was you. And she was sitting quite close to us really. But it's because my job is to give the client a relationship that they can have for themselves mm -hmm. and not need me. I don't mean sit in a chair and bring in the spirit world and a message. But for the client to know that at any time, dad is there, there. and dad is yeah. available, yeah, then it begins to affect your life. And I think this is where the modern day mediumship is, that you open the door as a medium and you say, and next time you're thinking about dad, take a moment and just feel dad. Or take yeah. a moment and just reach out. Or take a moment, look at a picture and relax. And, and just trust let him, it. Trust it. Just trust it. And uh, because they are speaking to us all the time. And we uh, all the time. And we all, no, I'm not talking about we all mediums, but we all as people can feel spirit, can can mm -hmm. um, experience um, spirit. I've heard so many stories. And you have heard stories well, when dad passed or when mom passed, I smelled all these smells or I saw all these, all these things that I knew, I just knew it was mom. I just knew it, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but yeah. you don't believe, but then they go to somebody and say, is that true? Mm -hmm. And the medium say, yeah, that is true. Mm -hmm. And there you have it. You are your own mm -hmm. meeting, you're all connected to spirit. That's, um, and we need to evolve. 
the work needs to evolve, the training needs to evolve, um, the recognition of who is the client, what is the client's needs, needs to evolve, the respect for, um, for why this yeah. exists needs to evolve into the 21st century, that the, our job is not to be a celebrity medium or earn a lot of money or give the most unique piece of evidence. Our job is actually to make ourselves redundant. Mm. That's what our job is. I like that. That everybody believes in this spirit world. Everybody believes in the power within of God and the spirit world. And I don't mind how you perceive God. It's just a simple word to use. You know, I'm very open that God is on many, many levels. But the people don't need to step into a church, don't need to see a medium but they understand that the power is in them. It is in their life and the things they do and the way they behave and the way they think. And, and you know, they might not be able to stop a war, but if their intention is to send healing to that situation. Mm -hmm. You know, I gave a philosophical speech in Switzerland um, through trance and I only know this because people discussed it very very much afterwards and and the reason they discussed it was they hadn't even thought oh, that really? what was suggested was possible Ooh. and the whole talk from the spirit world was um who sends healing to Putin now I know I'm here in the USA and that's a, a very controversial subject Russia but but um, how weak is Putin that he has to prove how powerful he is? Interesting. And, Interesting. and nobody had thought once, they were all thinking about Ukraine at the time. It was very current. It just started and was just really forming itself into a war. And nobody had considered that Putin actually had a problem. Nobody. They all saw it as an act of aggression. And, and fortunately in the room were people with quite wide thinking minds and they all thought, oh, I've got to work on this. How can I change my thinking that I have sympathy for Putin? Changing, and we know changing your thinking will impact, it will, will impact people sitting next to you or people connected to you or people, Absolutely. you know, and how you react and it will impact you and how you react to things just by changing your thinking. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and you can only change you. You right. can't change anything else. You can only change you. And then by changing you, you can be a pebble in a pond where your energy affects things around you. Mm -hmm. and, and very often now the clients that we have for mediumship it's not just about grief. It's because they've lost the sense of power within. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. They're, not just they're getting divorced or lost their job. Tell, tell me they what's around me. Powerful, tell me powerless. who's around me. What do they have to say? Yeah. I, I need someone else. To, yeah. or dead, you know, I need someone who isn't here anymore to give me my power back. When actually even, even the spirit world can't give you your power back. Oh, you're taking it back on your own. Exactly. Yeah. But but the leader, I mean, the people around you who are leading you to that place to help you do that. And Absolutely. it's another reason for looking at mediums or looking at teachers. Or are they helping you get that power back? Absolutely. Is that 
working for you. Exactly. You see, it's a good argument, Nancy, that and I'm I'm a teacher of mediumship. It's my primary job, mediumship, evidential mediumship, trance and healing. It's my primary way of earning my living uh, and not this philosophical work. But it's an arguable point when we say to students, you need to learn this, this and this to be a good medium. And or in some in some places, take this exam, this exam and this exam to be a good medium. It's arguable that we're taking the power away from the students because we're putting them into a process that they they have to to achieve. They have to achieve and perform underneath it. And how often do the teachers see the medium as the person and the medium that they are and help them integrate that and so that medium steps out and this is what I'm, I understand what I'm doing and this is this is the place where I'm coming from with spirit connected um, which I feel is something you helped me do. You're welcome. But, yeah. You know one of the greatest acts of mediumship that a student of mine has done um, I had a student, a lovely lady from Switzerland who came regularly under my tutelage and she was never late, always an excellent student, always did what we asked of her and she was never, ever miss a class. Even if she had a cold or something, never miss a moment that she, an opportunity. One day she didn't come to the first lesson. That's a bit strange or maybe she's not well, maybe she's laying in bed. Then she didn't come to the second lesson. Oh, this is a bit strange. What's going on here? And then eventually she turned up. She said, I'm really sorry. She said, I went to the supermarket this morning to buy some cigarettes and I walked past a young man sitting on the floor begging. And she said, when I came back, she said, I thought I'd buy him a cup of tea. Well, that's not so, that's okay. That's charity. That's okay. She said, when I gave him the cup of tea, she said, I thought, how do you have to feel to sit and beg to be able to feed yourself? So she said, I sat down on the floor beside him emptied my coffee and I begged with him and she said I got talking to him and I found that he'd lost contact with his parents and he wanted to get back in touch with them and that he felt he was now the black sheep you know the outcast of the family and he didn't know how to do it so I handed him my phone and said all you've got to do is ring them that's the greatest act of spirit I've ever heard didn't involve any evidence no. didn't involve contact no. with the dead yeah. but spirit to spirit she shared her belief that everyone has value everyone has the power to change and he felt completely powerless but she needed to experience it with him to be able to truly help him so so I guess what I'm saying is that as I grow a bit older Nancy and I don't need so many students to come to pay me so much money or I don't have to prove that I'm good at what I do anymore I really want to bring the teaching into the 21st century as well and make the mediums of the future different to the mediums of the past because they have to be not because the past was less but they have to be able to speak well about what they do and why they do it even if they only can present their work, introduce their work well, um, take away the weird and the wacky, uh, to be the best shop window in the street, whatever way you want to look at it. But I want all students, at least students of mediumship, to at least be able to talk well about Mm -hmm. what they do. 
-hmm. And from there comes the opportunity to talk about the philosophy of it as well. Well, okay. Aspiring mediums, you have your work cut out for you and on what, what is coming up for us. And, and um, I feel like Sheila has some really good points here and we're coming down to, we've talked for a while. So I, so um, I hope you stuck with us for, for the whole thing. If you would like to connect with Sheila, um, she's on Facebook, uh, uh, Sheila French. Is there mm-hmm. another? Um, no. Page? Well, I have the school page, but if you do the Sheila yeah. French page, you will school, find me. School page. Yeah. And, and reach out to her. Um, she does do um, mentorship through Zoom. That's why she didn't know I had feet. And um, really has, even through COVID and even through the couple of years that we worked together, really did, did, helped my mediumship to go deeper so i recommend you reach out to her kind of listen to um i'm going to try and talk you into recording some of the things you do so people can hear you more okay. and uh we're, we're going to work together i hope she lets me um, i hate technology <laughs> oh i don't it, so maybe we could be a team but in any event um I, I feel like sheila is has a lot to say clearly you've heard how much she has to say so reach out to her be friends with her on her, on her facebook page listen to what she says and um and if you're uh want to work with your mediumship talk to her about it and, and see if they're local to here i don't go home till monday yeah two more workshops a gallery mm-hmm. uh, three more workshops and a gallery, gallery all before monday yeah tomorrow is two of them is a workshop and a gallery. gallery and then over the weekend at in quincy spiritualist church the first spiritual church of quincy will have some a number of workshops and w- we love having sheila here in the states we've a group of us have learned quite a bit from her being here. And if you're interested in hearing more about her, let us know. Um, so if, we, we, if she could come back sometime, we would like to have her. I, I would love, now I've done it once. I was terrified coming across yeah. the Atlantic by myself, but now I've done it once. Can I just say before we draw it to a close, Nancy, if I've offended anybody in any way, it wasn't my intention. Everything I've shared to you tonight is my beliefs. I've not been on here to say anything else is wrong. I'm just saying how I would like the evolving process to take place. Everything that's said is personal to me. So I don't want anybody to go away and judge it any differently to that, please. We understand. Thank you. So so I'm going to close now by telling you um, at this Angelscapes podcast, I bring people to you to help you learn and grow, to help you see um, spirituality and your soul. From, from many different perspectives, many different experiences, so that you can become the best person that you can become in this lifetime. So please take advantage of all these people that I brought forward. Do your research. Be curious. Um, everyone I bring here are, are kind and, and willing to work with other people. and They're dedicated to um, you, you, having that soul growth for everyone in the community. So having said that, have a wonderful time until I come again for the next episode so be safe be happy be well be creative and listen to your soul bye bye thank you for joining the angelscapes podcast we hope you've gained new insights and inspiration for your journey to uncover and access your soul's power for more information and a deeper dive into finding clarity in your life go to angelscapes.com Remember to subscribe so you can be part of the discussion. It may just change your life. See you next time.